It's trash day, I'm putting you out, it's trash day. Putting you out, it's trash day. Putting you out of my mind. It's trash day, I'm putting you out, it's trash day. I'm putting you out, trash day, I'm putting you out of my mind. Now I'm gonna clean up, now I'm gonna clean up, now I'm gonna clean up the house. Taking all your garbage, taking all your garbage, taking all your garbage. <coughs> it starts with some beer, so you shouldn't have fear. Two garbage guys with facts, but they both still have tact. It's that time at last for the best damn podcast. It's Can Crusher Day. And welcome to Can Crushers, Mark Martinez, flying solo. So much I want to say, but we'll just keep it all like that. I'm flying solo today. The English professor will be here with his shtick later on. He pretty much is going to say the same thing I said about AEW. So, no reason to cover it twice. I like the show. I'll talk more about it next week when we don't have double coverage on stuff. I want to talk about the IWC event that we went to last night, so we'll talk about that. I'm going to have a beer. You can't keep a good man down, as Alabama said, so I will continue to go on with Can Crushers uh, and get it going and go wherever we go and just continue to flow. So, all right, the the pre-show last night was Bulk Nasty and Xander, who are now called Steak and Eggs. They take on Jason Tyler and Bearcat. A random team with that. Uh, Xander and Balk still don't get along. They're they're bantering back and forth as teammates. Uh, The end of match, you see Xander getting thrown through the air. Uh, Like the Midnight Express used to throw Bobby Eaton. Boom, lands on the opponent. Xander does get the pin, but Balk Nasty tells, I'm not sure if it was Dave or Nick, whatever ring announcer it was at that point, uh, that Balk Nasty won. Nothing with Xander, not steak and eggs, bulk nasty one. Then we get to the live show, and uh, disrespect all over. The IWC fans really need to step up their game. When you have somebody as hot as Mandime coming out with the dime piece, and they're going to be a huge part of IWC for a long time to come, Throwing toilet paper on them is uncalled for. You mutants just need to calm down and realize what you have in that ring. He is the number one guy going forward. You know, Argos, watch out. And I'll say more on that later with something else. But uh, Argos, watch out just because the man dime's great. He could go after that title just like that. He's got the dime piece that is just oh so hot. Uh, And he's going to face a newcomer, Paris Sahara. Uh, I have not seen Paris before. Paris reminded us of a Sunny Kiss type uh, of knockoff. Um, The wrestling was good in this match. It really was. But the man dime is just that much better. Mandime gets the win with the makeover. Uh, one, two, three. We'll see what Paris has to come up with in the near future. But Mandime in Dime Piece. Rhino comes out and he starts to say, Hey, I'm so happy to be back in IWC. I'm lucky to have this ladder match. 
to maybe get this title back, and boom, Jackson Argo's promo comes on, uh, announcing that he's going to announce the third member of Team Storm. They've been looking left and right. They've been looking left and right. And guess what? Yeah, I put two and two together that Argos announces that uh, the third member of Team Storm is Rhino. And Rhino says, hey, if I win the uh, six-man ladder match later on tonight, I'm going to rip up the contract and give you another month off, Jackson Argos. And that just... uh, Stirred the crowd. Stirred the crowd the wrong way. Uh, Pollock does come out and kind of gets in the way. Uh, He gets beat up a little bit. So there's a huge feud just brewing in IWC between more than six people. It's just the writing's there from the plumbers and they know what the hell they're doing. Uh, Out next is Bostic. Dylan Bostic! And he's going to face Spencer Slade. Three different suplexes on Bostic. There was the Snapmare, there was a Perfect Flex, and then there was like the T-Bone Suplex. Uh, this Slade guy is really good. But he's a rookie. And uh, Dylan Bostic played the rookies like a fiddle. He hit a low blow, he hit a backstabber, all while he's wielding a chair around, uh, and the official just is letting the whole chair business go. But Dylan Bostic, we say this month in, month out, is such a douche. He really is, but he continues to play such a great douche. He's He's the perfect heel. You hate to hate him. You love to hate him. You hate to love him. No matter what, you don't love him. There's no love for Dylan. But he is just the perfect bad guy, air quotes. So he uh, he's, he reeks of machismo, too. He really does. Next up, we have Calvin Couture with Justin Labar. And he's taking on Katie. And, man, Calvin looks so good. Kelvin looks so good, but Katie just didn't want any of that. Katie beat his ass all over Court Time Sports Arena, and that was that. After the match, she grabs a mic and says, Hey, Labar, remember you promised me if I beat this schload that I will get my rematch. And Labar's like, No, not not going to happen. Not going to happen. But Katie then beats his ass and... Pretty much puts him in like a disarmor and almost rips his arm off. And that's about that. Lavar says, yeah, you can have your rematch. So I would imagine that's going to be set up for next month. Next month looks like a great show already, folks. Uh, R.C. Dupree comes out. He's the high-stakes heavyweight champion. He's defending against um, Can't Crush Your alum, Daniel Hooven. And Hooven's been put through the ringer with RC, just really getting shit on about all the type of specialty matches that RC has to have. Uh, this one is just a straight-up street brawl, no disqualification, eccentric rules, whatever RC called it. And that turned out to bite RC in the tuchus because Argos comes out and this, that, and the other. There's a lot of stuff going on, but... Mr. Jack Pollock comes out, whacks R.C. in the back with the old chair, and 
Hooven gets the one, two, three. So we have a new high stakes champion, Daniel Hooven. Uh, then we go to com then we go to intermission, and as we're having intermission on IWC recap, I'm going to tell you that it's time for some Fatheads Bumbleberry Honey Blueberry Ale. We've had this on the show several times, but it, uh, I need to refresh my palate. This is the beer that we've had. It is one of my favorites from Fatheads. It really is. It tastes good. It's got that fruity, fruity mixture to it that uh, it's just a great beer. On a Sunday, sitting at home, doing a podcast about wrestling by yourself. That's what you do. You love beer. You love wrestling. You put this together and you become a happy man. So after intermission, oh, check that. Before intermission, Wardlow actually comes out. Wardlow is heading to AEW. I took a beer. For, I took a drink for Wardlow then. Uh, Wardlow's heading to AEW and... He tells everybody goodbye, you know, the plumbers come out and have a drink with them, and it was really good. It was it was really good, but then Argos comes out and this gets snotty, and so does RC. Ah, that's at the end of the night, though. That really is. I've just uh, ruined everything for you, but it was nice having Wardlow come out, and they all got pops and everything for Wardlow, um, this guy meant a lot to IWC. He really did. He, same as Britt Baker. You know, since we've been going to IWC, we've seen Britt Baker and we've seen Wardlow. And Plummer got really emotional, as well as some fans just just crying because Wardlow was the face that ran the place at IWC for the longest times. Good, bad, or ugly when he was with Labar. Uh, he always took time with our kids. He would hold Sylvan's hand. He would uh, play with Ethan. Um, one of the first times Wardlow was at IWC and we actually ran into him, uh, he yelled at Sylvan one time. And uh, it scared the bejesus out of him. So uh, Michael's mom... Michael Wardlow's mom came over and gave uh, Sylvan a towel, gave him some t stickers and stuff, and uh, she then went over to yell at her son after this event, saying, you can do what you want, but this isn't what you do. You, you, you do not yell at little children, and we talked about that with him last night, and he remembers it, and he put his head down, and uh, he made sure to give props to our boys for always being there for him. Again, good, bad, or ugly, uh, Wardlow was uh, one hell of a guy, but now you'll be able to see him on TNT, uh, AEW's Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, and uh, tune in because it's going to be Wardlow's world. He's really going to rip shit up in AEW. Now it's going to be time uh, for another drink as we do go to intermission, and the match out of intermission really still has my mind boggled. It's Mambo Italiano against the Lebanon Don, Joey Moses. A little bit of a scuffle went on here, but not really anything. Uh, the Don buys Mambo off. He gives him a ton of money. And as Mambo's getting counted out, he is counting the money with CJ, and they look like they're, I don't know, million-dollar bills. That, they sure as shit weren't hundreds. They were more than that. And Mambo counted 10 out. 
to CJ, turned around, took his money, and hightailed it out of there. So, Mambo might be the loser in the record books, but he's got a lot of cash to go with it. Next up is Josh Alexander against Johnny Patch. Johnny Patch was actually put into this match from Wardlow because Wardlow is going to have an IWC Super Indie match, but AEW said, nope, 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 nope. You, uh, you, you can go there to court time sport and say goodbye, but you're not going to have a match. So Johnny Patch gets put in the match. And Johnny becomes a new Super Indie Champion. That's all it is to it. He, he's diving all over the place. This is... Josh Alexander is great. You see him on Impact. You, you see him as part of the, the North. Uh, him and Ethan Page. And they are huge men. And I, I was shocked by the turn of events that Johnny Patch won this. Um, Sadden, though, is that... Josh Alexander was carried out of the arena as once Patch hit a move off the top rope, it looked like an ankle or a knee was tweaked or something that uh, Alexander could not continue. And that's how Patch got the win. One, two, three, new Super Indie Champion. And this is where I transition to one of my favorite feuds right now or since they've graduated um, a year ago is Johnny Patch and the dime piece. So I, this all needs to turn right back around, and the man dime definitely needs to get in there and uh, get a shot at that Super Indy Championship. Next match on the docket, uh, yeah, whatever. It was just there. Duke Davis against Chris LaRusso. Gannon Jones Jr., nowhere to be found. He was getting down and dirty without Duke. So Duke had to be locked and loaded. But he really wasn't because the rest of the, rest of the regulators were there and uh, they made it known. Duke might have got the win during the match, but the rest of the regulators beat his ass. And Duke uh, limped out of there with his tail between his legs. Brian Cage and Ethan Page announced to be at Winner Takes All on the next one in November. And then we have a three-on-two handicap match. It's a culmination against Gory and Patch. But we've just seen Patch wrestle. So Plummer comes out and says, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Gory is now, our, I mean, Patch is now our Super Indie Champion. He's not wrestling another match. That got a little banter between me and the English professor saying, I, I agree, he's a champ, you want to protect him, this match really means nothing. But John said, hey, this is, uh, he signed up for it. Well, he did sign up for that match, but Wardlow put him in the other matches, his his replacement. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where that goes. But nonetheless, that I, I think it turned out to be a great decision. So it ends up being three on one. The culmination against Gory. Yeah, that long pause was there. The culmination against Gory. Gory gets taken out. Gory gets taken to the shed. Just nothing. Nothing is there for Gory. He might have had a couple offensive moves, but it just wasn't working. Two tables get stacked up right in front of us on the outside and the culmination take him up and they said hey you could have come home you could have come home 
and they just throw him through the tables. Boom! Head crashes off the ground. Gory, twitching, lights go out, and ending up in the ring is Sean Phoenix. He says, November 2nd! Puts the mic down, and that's your fair warning culmination. It was 364 days, I believe, that Sean Phoenix has gotten hurt. He's coming back. He's coming back to kick your ass. I would imagine Glory will lick his wounds and he'll be back as well. And if they need one more, I know they can call on the Bearcat. The Bearcat has so many issues still with Remy LeVay, as the rest of the IWC fans do. So I think that's going to be the culmination of this feud to see Sean Phoenix kick their ass. Uh, next up is the main event of the evening. It is a six-man ladder match. Vegas, Palace, Pollock, John McChesney, Rhino, and Jimmy Nuts! We get to see Jimmy Nuts back. We didn't get to make it to West Virginia, but we see him back in this. And goddamn Dylan Bostic comes out and screws up Nuts' whole idea. Nuts was right there. He had his hands on the briefcase, ready to become the number one contender. And that son of a bitch Bostic comes out, hits him in the low blow, and Nuts is pretty much out of the match. Vegas was in the match. Uh, it came down to pretty much, was it going to be Pollock or was it going to be Rhino that won? And Rhino ended up getting up that ladder after everybody comes out and take Pollock out. He gets up that ladder and he grabs the title. Well, RC and Argos are out there celebrating. And then all of a sudden, Rhino says, Nah, nah, I'm not with you guys. Gores Argos through a table or a door that was still in the ring from the match. And he says, by the way, I'm cashing this in next month. Pollock comes back around and Wardlow comes out and everybody beats the hell out of Argos and Dupree. And then beer is being thrown all over the place. And Justin Plummer, you could have tossed some to this can crusher right here. Uh, all in all, though, once again, guys, if you get to see it, $9.99 a month gets you the IWC network. You're going to have everything from 18 years in the making. Plumber is just digging them all up, putting them all on here. You stream it live. You get it the next day. You get instant replays even, you know, from the night. Uh, we're going to have the media guys on here uh, probably in a couple weeks actually talk about all that, how this IWC network is blown up. And it, it's a great it's $9.99. Of course I have it. In case I have to miss an event, I will go back and watch it. The The quality of you know video and shots and the lighting and everything is second to none. So make sure we get the video guys on here in the near future. Uh, if you don't have it, go to iwcwrestling.com and sign up for it. it. It makes perfect sense to watch the best wrestling in Pennsylvania, in the East on the East Coast, IWC, the who's who of people who've come from IWC to Impact, to WWE, to 
AEW now, it, it just continues to grow. It really does. So, again, IWCWrestling.com, $9.99 a month, and you get the great network. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. No OVW because as of recording, it has not been posted on anything. So, we, we'll have to just like do a roundup of OVW next week about what's happening. So, no OVW this week. I'll come back and I'll talk about Raw, NXT, and SmackDown and what's coming up on a Tuesday this week. And then uh, the English professor will just do AEW by himself. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. This is Jimmy Nuts, and you're listening to Can Crusher Podcast. Let's go nuts with how hot aew is this is where i would talk about it now but since the english professor covers it in detail by himself i'll let him do it this week so i'll jump right on raw which is nowhere as good as aew smackdown was just a different channel in nxt the title matches were the only thing they really cared about so let's just jump into that right off the bat. Raw, I hate the new stage. I hate the new opening. I don't like the new announcers. Nothing. Nothing about it. Raw is going to be the second show. You guys have watched everything this week. Raw is now going to be dubbed the second show. It is their longest rate, you know, show on TV. And I think it should always be the number one show. And I will always be the one loving Raw better because of Monday Night Raw, starting way before SmackDown years later. But, eh, Fox. Let me just say Fox. Fox's money is more than USA's money. So they're going to have more room to play with that. So that's where it is. I just don't like the changes. I don't. Uh, I'm on. I'm completely on board with the people on Twitter saying it looked like a Tony Hawk skate park. It did. What was wrong with it? Why did you need to change the stage? You guys, this is nothing new for you guys. It's not like it's a new Raw. In fact, nothing changed on Raw except the announcers. You didn't go to a different time. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You're going to be losing talent. But nothing has changed. So you change your stage anyway, because it's a season premiere. Okay, whatever. Uh, Ray Jr. starts the show, but Brock comes out real quick, beats the living shit out of him and his son, and I loved it. Not that I love Brock, but I loved how they beat the living hell out of Dominic. This is getting Dominic into wrestling. He's been weaning his way in. I don't know if this is going to be a match in the making. I don't like where it went Friday night. 
But all in all, I love seeing these two dismantled. This was great. I didn't want to see Seth against Ray. I don't think anybody wanted to see Seth against Ray. But now you don't know who Seth's fighting all night. So now you're throwing Seth here. You're throwing Seth here. You're putting Seth in this kind of match. You, just say he doesn't have a match. Just say he doesn't have a match and it'll be all right. Would be fine. Nonetheless. Uh, I did like Sasha uh, versus Alexa. Bailey and Nikki were both barred from ringside. Um, Becky is at commentary though. Boom. Comes right out. There's a little bit of a, not a scuffle, words between each other and all hell breaks loose. This is going to set up for a great Hell in a Cell match that's going to take place tonight in less than an hour by the time this gets put out there. But that's all right. We're trudging through. We're getting everything done. Can crushers. We're tough. Uh, I don't like that they recapped the whole last week. I really don't. Zig and Rude against Heavy Machinery. Nothing's there. Uh, Heavy Machinery, maybe they need to go back down to NXT instead of uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, there's a spoiler for Wednesday night. But just... And the Miz TV thing. This is where I'll go off. Since I can't talk about AEW this week, this is where I'll go off. Flair and Hogan come out. They have their own agendas. They really do. Flair wants to say this, how I loved him for 30 years. Hogan says, you got the best woo still. And then it just breaks down into craziness. It really does. Uh, they get a match at Crown Jewel. It's going to be a 5-on-5 match. Okay, that sounds like a Survivor Series match. We couldn't have saved it for another month. Okay, nonetheless, we still have Hogan against Flair. And all of a sudden, they found out that they're captains. Now they've already picked their captains. What? Why? Rollins is a captain for Hogan already. Great. Orton's Flair's captain. Okay. Now more people come out. King Corbin comes out. Rusev comes out. Two minutes ago, you didn't know about this match. Sell it. You have a couple weeks. Name two people this week. Don't name all of it. So you know at the end of Raw, you see Bobby Lashley comes out with Lana because there was a question asked at one point, where's Lana? Well, Bobby Lashley comes out, and now she's making out with Bobby Lashley. So Lana is putting nothing together for Raw. But now, okay, Lashley's going to be part of Flair's because Rusev is part of Hogan's. It, it just... None of it made sense that it was just so rushed. And the poor Miz, the poor Miz had to be the jackass in the middle of this. For no apparent reason, the poor, because he owes Miz TV. Just have these two idiots come out and talk to the new announcer, uh, McMahon, Mc, Mc, McMadden, Dio, Dio Mac, whatever his name is. Let him do something besides stand behind the broadcast table. Because this was garbage. Horseshit garbage. I I really, I love Flair. I, I love Flair. Hogan is a child, you know, I went nuts when he body slammed Andre the Giant. Great. These two have their own agendas. And to let them do this, they're going to get into it at Crown Jewel. It's somehow. This is all about a payday for them. Because they're gonna they're gonna make bajillions and bajillions of dollars over there. 
and I won't be watching it. It's another crown jewel. You know KO's not going. You know Daniel Bryan's not going. Sammy's not allowed to go. And what is saving WWE for me? The women are still not allowed to be there. So Can Crushers will not be watching Crown Jewel once again. Plus, it's on Halloween. Not that I support Halloween or go Halloween. And I eat enough candy daily, but I'm a fat man. I don't need it. I don't need it. So the Rusev challenges Seth for a Universal Championship. And I'll tell you what I liked. The AOP vignette. I love where they're taking these guys. I really do. I love what they're doing with the AOP. Twisting it up a little bit more. And um, making them more badass. Making them more badass. I don't like what they're doing with the War Raiders again. Now they're just lumberjacks. And they're getting beat up on the outside of the lumberjacks. Sorry, beer break. The War Raiders did win Monday night, though, against ZOC. Um, other than that, really, no, nothing. I got nothing from the rest of Raw because they're trying to bury it. Go to NXT, which I watched Thursday. Limited commercial breaks for the first half hour. Right, because you sold the whole damn show in the first half an hour. You had Matt Riddle against Adam Cole, baby. And it was a great match. I loved it. At times, I thought Matt Riddle was going to win. I did. I thought, man, I just poked the bear. I called Daniel Robinson out saying, hey, this is all about the Undisputed Era right now. This is going to happen. The Undisputed Era are going to run NXT for a while. And then I almost ate crow because I thought, Matt Riddle's going to win. This is going to suck. Matt Riddle's going to win. Maybe Adam Cole's pissed off and he's going to go to AEW. Maybe he... No, he's not. I'm not even starting that rumor yet. But he should go there with his wife, girlfriend, fiance, Britt Baker, whatever, however we're going to say it. That's He should be there. I like Adam Cole. I like all of the Undisputed Era. I do. I would like them better in AEW. Letting them be them. Uh, let's talk about, like, the lighting and everything. This was so dark. It's so dark. I, I didn't like how dark it was. By the way, Adam Cole keeps his title. Velveteen Dream. What in God's name was going on there? I understand the character. I've watched NXT. Don't send me emails. Don't send me any of this crap. He was in a almost a smoky boiler room. It was that bad. I didn't like it. Why? Because there was nothing I wanted to see besides the Matt Riddle and Adam Cole match. And now you've given it to me. And prior to this, I am not going to be one that switches back and forth each week. Wednesday night will be AEW night for me. Thursday after work will be NXT night for me. I will not watch NXT on the live night. Not going to happen. I like AEW. I like the freshness. I like the history in the making week after week. I liked everything that happened there. I liked that Cody and Brandy were the first people out on their new freaking TV show. That's all them. Sure as shit they should get those props. 
Yeah, I know Omega and Jackson and Jackson have something to do with it too. I think AEW, I think of Cody fucking Rhodes. He does get the first shot. Yeah, I'm happy about that. I love the AEW event. I loved it. Uh, Io Shirai against Mia Yim. This is a great match, but it was too long. There, it, there was just something too long about it. Uh, I know in my heart of hearts, Io Shirai is going to be the next one that goes after Baszler. She's going to take it from Baszler down the line. And Baszler, Baszler needs to be on that next level roster. I know she does. I, she does. But we're waiting until Ronda comes back. I understand that. We're going to get that horsewomen, horsewomen matchup that we all are pining for. But Baszler's good. Baszler is great. But that's why they're keeping Baszler down on NXT right now. Because she's going to push against the likes of Britt Baker. Against Brandy Rhodes. Uh, against that whole AEW roster. It's They're going to work it out. They, they really are. Uh, you see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall there. Great. Woo. It sold, it sold me to watch NXT knowing that the Outsiders were there. It really did. Uh, Johnny Gargano, good Shane Thorne. I had nothing invested in this match. Nothing. It was a cheeseburger, chips, pickle, and a beer kind of match. I watched. I ate. I said, okay, it's Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, nothing. Uh, then you had the Baszler Candice LeRae match, and I, I don't understand why they did this. In this, they would do split screen for like four commercials, split screen, and then they would go full blown commercial for four more commercials. What? Stop! Just do three commercials real quick and come back, or do all of them split screen. And in this match, this is the match that pissed me off more about because I like Shayna Baszler. I don't know if you remember that rant that I just had a minute ago. I like Shayna Baszler. And you're cutting my time off of Shayna Baszler? Uh-uh. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, Baszler gets the win, keeps the title. As I said, I think it's EO coming up next. Pete Dunne and Danny Burch? Nothing. Adam Cole... Uh, Adam Cole is going to be the next Bob Orton. Why, you ask? Because he was playing up the whole cast on his hand. He's going to be the Bob Orton for a while. And I love it. Because he actually laid out Matt Riddle with that cast. And then hit the knee on him. It was the cast that got the win for him. Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era. Thank heavens. The Undisputed Era kept their titles. I'm not a Street Profit fan. I don't like their shtick on the back on Mondays and Fridays. I'm just, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like them. And it's okay, guys. It's really okay that says, I don't like the Street Profits. If you like them, that's all right. That's your cup of tea. That's what we're allowed doing in wrestling. We're allowed saying, I like this person. I like this person. It's entertainment. If that's what we're going to call it from now on. We're going to say this is correct. No matter what, you're, we're supporting everything. Have it be the Indies, the NXTs, the Smackdowns, the Raws, anything. Yes. Like them. 
they're not my cup of tea. Adam Cole comes out to end NXT, and uh, Tommaso Ciampa's back. And now, as I said earlier, Finn Balor made his way out earlier in the show. So, what's going to happen there? Um, poor Finn Balor. As I get to SmackDown, I'll talk on this real quick. Poor Finn Balor. He, uh, I don't know, demoted. He He's in limbo. Like, he was the first undisputed champion. We all were crazy about that. Uh, but his shoulder blew up. Boom, see ya. On the shelf for a while. Comes back. He gets a title run here. Gets a title run here. Plays with Shinsuke Nakamura on and off. Um, I don't know if this is... If his career is going where he wants it to. You know, they always say... That the thing is where you want to be on WWE Raw or SmackDown. He just went down. Um, and he wasn't somebody up for release that elected to go down. Uh... Kind of like Killian Dane or Brazongo, who you know weren't getting fans going. Finn Balor, the roof blew off. Any place that he went, pa! They were excited to see Finn Balor, but now he goes back down to NXT. This is this is a ratings thing. That's all it is. You're like, no shit, Mark. This is a ratings thing. This is what it's about. Ratings. Finn Balor on NXT is better than Finn Balor on SmackDown being a mid to low card. Finn Balor on NXT is now fighting Adam Cole or Ciampa or Velveteen Dream. Come on, folks. Those are your four freaking big people right now on NXT. Matt Riddle just lost. Matt Riddle's more worried about Goldberg or Brock Lesnar or Cain Velasquez or... Anybody that's used to be an MMA fighter. Matt Riddle's not one of those four. The four that I just named are. That's your match. That's These are going to be your feuds for a while. So, alright. We head over to SmackDown. And of course, Vince and Steph have to be the first ones out on Fox. Hated it. Hated it. I understand this is going to be your big show. I really do. There was so much foreshadowing to me in this show that I thought, wow, they're just, they're just giving everything away. Why are we even going to have Hell in a Cell tonight? Which we'll talk about after the English professor comes on after SmackDown. Um, well, the foreshadowing. It all started, Becky Lynch comes out, officially thanks the crowd, yada, yada, yada. Okay, what is she thanking the crowd for? Why is your Raw Women's Champion the first active wrestler on a SmackDown card when you know cross-promotion isn't going to happen. Okay, yeah. That, that's a great point. That is a great point. Because she's going to be drafted here in a week and a half. You're right. So Corbin comes out. All right, he can go either way. I'm all right with that. And then uh, The Rock comes out. And that's fine. This segment was great. We rip on Corbin about being a dick or being, a, you know, whatever. He's good at what he does. He takes those little punchliners. This Rock Becky thing was phenomenal. I loved it. Perfect way to start SmackDown. I agree. But it should have started SmackDown, not having Vince and Steph come out, wave their mugs, and say, whew, we're here too. No shit, you own the company. 
I'm all right with that. Don't come out. So that that that's my downfall that Becky Lynch, your Raw Women's Champion, was your first person on this new SmackDown, on this new channel, on this new hopes of getting more people in on this mega company called the WWE. Becky Lynch to SmackDown. Probably number one pick. Uh, then you get Becky and Flair versus Sasha and Bailey, And I, 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 again... I think Becky loses the title. There's my prediction one. Becky loses to Sasha tonight. So Becky can go instantly over to SmackDown. It wouldn't behoove me either if Bailey loses to Flair so she can still go be with her BFF before the draft. Or Bailey loses to Becky Friday night. As she has to defend her friend. Nonetheless, Sasha and Bailey are going to be on Raw. Flair and Becky are going to be on SmackDown. I wouldn't doubt if more title changes happen. Either tonight, Raw, and or SmackDown to affect this draft. Fox is paying big money to get whom they want. As you saw when uh, Brock Lesnar beat the snot out of Kofi Kingston in 3.27816 seconds. Yeah, boom, done. I called it, guys. I said he's going to be there. He's going to win the title. Fox wants that. Fox is going to get more than what Vince wants. If Fox is going to be dumping boatloads of money, I just said this, but it needs repeated. If Fox is going to be dumping boatloads of money into advertising SmackDown on, you know, the Mass Singer or on NFL Football or on any whatever else on uh, Bob's Burgers, they're going to kind of direct traffic a little bit. Yeah, they are. It's not USA that. You know, Raw has been the number one show. NXT is now the number one show. So you have one and two. Yeah, you're not really uh, worried about SUV or S whatever those uh, those shows are on USA coming to take over Raw or SmackDown. Now you're worried about if NXT or Raw are going to be number one or number two. And it's going to be NXT. So... Yeah, I'm on a bit of a rant today. I'm a little uh, perturbed about things today. Uh, Seth Rollins uh, comes out and he gets beat by Bray, as we see. And again, uh, what I liked was the KO Shane ladder match. It was really good. It was really good. I never thought Shane was going to win. I just liked how much KO continued to sell it. And it, it was good uh, storytelling. At no point did I think Shane was going to win. Shane's gone for a while. Thank God. Now let's can we get rid of Steph or Vince. The downfall is once one McMahon leaves Shane, one usually bounces back in more power. Steph, because she's been off for a while. So it's a trade-off. Steph is still better to look at. Uh, 
I wish the 24-7 championship would just disband because now a man that wears a marshmallow on his head was the 24-7 champion. I really wish Mella would please get the hell out of this whole situation. I like Mella. I like looking at Mella. I, uh, she just needs to get away from this. Let, let the rest of them play with this. Mella was a champion. Mella continue could be a champion. Yeah, those are all hyphenated, smashed in words. So you understand where I mean. Where I'm going. Yes. Uh, Roman against Eric Rowan in a lumberjack match and Daniel on commentary. I, I, I have no clue. I, I just, I thought this whole storyline was effed up from the beginning. Just not good. Not good. And then we get to Kofi getting his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. And just at the end you hear, Booyaka, Booyaka, 619, Booyaka, Booyaka. You're like, holy shit. Ray's coming back. Ray, Ray's going to come back. And I think I told this to Paul. Or I think I told this to the English professor. I said, somebody. I said, that's a great way to get Ray over there to fight. You know, small man against big man. Brock's got the title. You know, New Day is now out. See you later. They can go back to the tag team division. Um, see you. Boom. Um, this gets that storyline going on SmackDown. Well, holy shit, it happened. But... Also, holy crap, Cain Velasquez comes. Uh, and he's swinging in and hitting Brock, and Brock hightails it out of there. And I don't want to see this at all. Not Nothing about this I will want to see. Thank God it's already been published, and we've put it up on our Facebook page, that uh, Brock and Cain Velasquez is going to fight at Crown Jewel. Great. Guys, you can read some things that we don't post, uh, and I will give props to them. Go to Bleacher Report. They will cover everything, especially like Crown Jewel. We will not be covering Crown Jewel. Not because of political reasons, not because of this, not because of that. It's just not an event that I want to cover. Coming up next, the English professor. Akeem grabbed Randy Savage by the back of his head and by his trunks and threw him through the ropes to the mat on the arena floor. Elizabeth, in high heels, ran to help her real-life husband back into the ring. She put her hands on his back and tried to push him towards the ring, whispering words of encouragement into the macho man's ear. Savage made it back into the ring and into the waiting hands of the African Dream. The former one-man gang pulled Savage's hair and snagged the back of his trunks and whipped him through the ropes once again. Elizabeth, who seconds earlier had helped her man back into the ring, found herself in the wrong place at the wrong time. The 260-pound master of the madness landed in Elizabeth's face, sending the first lady of the World Wrestling Federation crashing to the floor where she smacked her head on the pavement beyond the protective mat. Accidents happen in the heat of battle, and no one could blame Akeem for what happened. Had he shown any remorse, fans would have likely been somewhat sympathetic towards him. Instead, Akeem high-fived his manager, Slick, who had jumped up on the apron to congratulate his man. The big boss man entered the ring and celebrated with his tag team partner. Hulk Hogan, torn between the match at hand and the health of his manager, opted to carry Elizabeth to the dressing room for medical assistance while the macho man battled the Dr. Styles team solo. Though victorious in convincing fashion, later that night, the mega powers exploded. 
On Wednesday night, as Cody controlled the action against Guevara, the executive vice president of AEW attempted a suicide dive through the ropes onto his opponent. Although seeing Akeem slap hands with his manager and tag team partner was sickening, there was no doubt he injured Elizabeth inadvertently. Guevara, however, pulled Brandy into the line of fire and caused the husband and wife to collide. The crowd's collective breath was sucked from their bodies, a similar reaction the fans had for Elizabeth's injury. Despite the fact that Brandy was wiped out, unlike Elizabeth, she recovered quickly and even got a certain measure of revenge by cracking Guevara with her shoe to the blind side of the referee. The opening match to AEW's premiere episode of Dynamite had plenty of breathtaking high spots, including a superplex and a Spanish fly that made me and likely other fans nervous for the safety of the wrestlers. A high-risk move by Guevara turned out to be just that, as his shooting star ended with him landing on Cody's knees. A quick inside cradle secured the win for the son of the American dream. I enjoyed hearing Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone on commentary for the match. Shivani's genuine excitement to be back calling pro wrestling matches was palpable. I know he was unpopular with some of his fellow employees at WCW, but I think in those days he was doing his best to help create a good product and to show loyalty to his company. Seeing him leave the AEW broadcast table to conduct a post-match interview with the winner wasn't just a nostalgic moment for those of us 40 and over who remember him conducting ringside or in-ring interviews with the Road Warriors and Dusty Rhodes. It was a storytelling tactic that still has a place in pro wrestling, and it's a real shame that WWE abandoned this concept years ago. As Shimani spoke with Cody, Guevara grabbed him by the shoulder and turned him around. The two combatants were once again face-to-face, but this time Guevara held out his hand to congratulate his opponent and boss. The two men exchanged an embrace and some words and possibly a couple of tears as they realized the importance of their match in pro wrestling history. But this feel-good moment would be short-lived as AEW World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho used the opportunity of a distracted Cody to come up behind him and attack him with multiple chairs, culminating in a powerbomb through two chairs. Dynamite did a very nice job of establishing in-ring excitement coupled with an immediate angle between Cody and Jericho. If you didn't watch any of AEW's pay-per-views or if you had never seen or heard of MJF, You knew everything you needed to know about him as soon as he insulted the fans and absorbed the chance of a synonym for anus. AEW utilized another old-school concept as Brandon Cutler held his own in a competitive, albeit quick, match, which ended when MJF caught his opponent in the the salt-of-the-earth armbar. In the next match, Pac kicked Hangman in the jimmies. Referee Earl Hebner, who has decades of experience as a pro wrestling official and who is no dummy, knew exactly what happened. But Shivani told us that Hebner was compelled to continue the match because he may not call what he does not see. Pack applied the brutalizer, and although Adam Page never conceded defeat, Hebner made an executive decision to call the match, as Page was defenseless. Politics entered the world of AEW as the mayor of Britsburg joined Shivani and Ross for commentary during the match to crown the first AEW women's champion. Britt was masterful on commentary sounding like a fighter offering her opinions and professional insight on two athletes who may end up being her opponents in the near future. I had a moment of reflection as I thought about the countless conversations that Can Crushers had with her, the pictures and hugs for my son, and letting my daughter hold the IWC Women's Championship belt. Showing he hasn't missed a beat, Shivani would throw the conversation to Britt when he knew we hadn't heard from her in a while. Rio and Nyla Rose told a great story of a much larger contestant using her power and size to bully the smaller combatant. 
while the diminutive wrestler showed tenacity and a refusal to surrender. Although I think some of the false finishes were a bit far-fetched, the women still did a nice job of keeping fans guessing who would win this match, and either result would have been believable. The ending left a little to be desired for me, as Rio won the match and the belt with a pair of running knees to the face. Obviously, a knee to the face is enough to end most fights, but after seeing everything these ladies survived, I did not expect the match to end with so basic a move. Although the hype for this match centered around crowning the first AEW Women's Champion, the real story was what followed the contest. Michael Nakasawa entered the ring to congratulate his countrywoman and to conduct an interview with the new champ. He would also serve as her translator. Nyla Rose jumped both Nakasaka and Rio. Once she had Rio out of the way, she lifted Nakasaka in the air and hit him with a Death Valley driver. She initially failed to lift Nakasaka properly and nearly dropped him on his head, drawing a loud, oh, from the crowd. But Nyla regrouped and delivered the variation of the powerbomb with a devastating thud. With the exception of the occasional slap from a woman that the male wrestler hardly sold, such as the Brother Love Show when Queen Sherry decked the Ultimate Warrior after he implied that the Macho King was seeking love with another woman. Or Cheryl Roberts smacking Ravishing Rick Rude following months of chauvinistic antagonism, real intergender fighting probably began when China speared Hillbilly Jim following a match between Triple H and Henry Godwin. But even then, the good old country boy seemed more surprised than hurt, and his gentlemanly southern manners prevented him from punching a lady. But on Wednesday night, Nyla Rose's strike floored Nakasaka, and her powerbomb contorted him in half, perhaps ushering into mainstream wrestling a new concept in which men and women wrestle each other, and the women hold their own and maybe even win. The Can Crushers have seen plenty of intergender matches on the independent circuit this year, but it's good to see men and women duke it out on a cable wrestling show. In the end, Kenny Omega ran into the ring to make a save by pushing Nyla Rose and protecting Rio. I like that this was the extent of the interaction between Omega and Rose. Could we see Rose interfere in an Omega match at some point and clobber him? Not with a loaded purse or a shoe, but with an elbow or a forearm. The main event six-man tag team match provided the most action-packed excitement on the card. World champion Chris Jericho teamed up with Santana and Ortiz to take on babyfaces Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. The last time I saw the Young Bucks, they were taking on the Rhodes brothers and using some heelish mocking tactics, so I wasn't quite sure how they fit into this match. The match quickly spiraled out of control as John Moxley made his way to the ring and dragged Omega into a wild brawl, culminating in the VIP section where Moxley hit dirty deeds on Omega through a glass coffee table. Meanwhile, in the ring, Jericho hit a code breaker and Judas effect on Jackson to gain the win for the bad guys. Being bad guys, they continued to beat on their outnumbered opponents until Cody made the save. His opening match opponent ran in the ring as well. Seeing them embrace following their match, I figured Guevara was there to help Cody and the Bucks, but Guevara nailed Cody in the Rhodes family jewels. And speaking of family, Dustin charged the ring to help his kid brother, but Bellator fighter Jake Hager nailed Dustin with a spine buster. What followed was a street fight style beatdown of all the good guys. AEW used simple, proven storytelling techniques to introduce the bad guys and the good guys who will be fighting them every week. NXT is always a good show, and last Wednesday was no exception. We fans can say that we're the winners because WWE has major competition. But in the head-to-head -head match, the real winner was AEW. In my opinion, according to the Nielsen ratings, 
And most importantly, according to the Can Crushers Facebook poll, in which 50 members of Can Crushers Nation overwhelmingly chose AEW by a score of 37 to 13. Part of this victory is likely because AEW is new, and we fans have been starving for a fresh wrestling program on cable television. I have my questions and concerns for AEW. A couple of the matches had way too many false finishes following crushing moves, only for the match to end with a basic holder move that came nowhere near the devastation of the moves preceding the kickouts. This is a formula I have never enjoyed, and I hope AEW uses it sparingly. I understand AEW wishes to let the wrestlers fight and minimize disqualifications, but I'm puzzled how John Moxley can interfere in a tag team match and put his hands on a participant, but the referee does not call for disqualification. If Earl Hebner had seen Pac's low blow, would he have called a disqualification, or would he, would he have allowed the match to continue? I'm unclear what constitutes an end to a match due to rules violations in AEW. Let me reiterate that I think Ross and Shivani were brilliant on commentary. I have made no mention of the guy in the mask because I don't think he brought much to the match calling. This commentary team would be more than fine with just the two old holdovers from the days of Jim Crockett promotions. If AEW wants to have a third team member, perhaps an unknown with a love of wrestling and its history and a communications background, say perhaps someone with an English degree and a masterful use of the English language and both written and verbal communication skills would be a good hire. Speaking of Jim Crockett promotions, my biggest pet peeve on the night was Shivani telling us that they haven't been on TNT since 2001. I understand JCP was on TBS, but who is Shivani referencing? JCP has been gone for a while. You can check out the JCP Facebook fan page for the exact specific second Crockett turned out the lights for the last time. With WCW's champions taking over where Crockett's left off, we fans saw it as a continuation of the same product. In fact, many of us didn't know there was a transition at the time, and even some wrestlers from the era used the term WCW to refer to either product. Turner's WCW folded in 2001. So what did Shivani mean? Was he implying that AEW is somehow a continuation of WCW or JCP? If so, that's a bad idea because both of those companies are long gone. While I appreciate the old school feel with the modern upgrade we, that we saw Wednesday night, I think AEW would be wise to not compare itself to the two companies that folded to their main competitor. In today's English Tip of the Week, we'll take a look at some of the different types of punctuation that go inside the quotation marks of a direct quote. First of all, please note that when quoting something directly, the first letter of the first word in the quotations is capitalized. For example, if I quoted Mark's opinion of me, I'd write the following sentence. Mark said, comma, open quote, capital T, there is no one better on my show than the English professor, period, close quote. Even though the word there appears in the middle of that sentence, it is the first word of the sentence of the direct quote and must be capitalized. As for punctuation, you may use a comma, a period, a question mark, or an exclamation point inside the quotes, depending on where in the sentence you place your quote and whether the person speaking is asking a question, showing excitement, or just simply stating something. When Bobby the Brain Heenan mocked the fans or the baby faces, Gorilla Monsoon would ask, Will you stop? Gorilla was asking a question. So if we were quoting him, we would write the sentence as follows. Gorilla Monsoon asked, comma, open quote, capital W for will, you stop, question mark, close quote. The comma comes right before the first quotation mark. Then we open our quotes, 
capitalize the first letter, use a question mark at the end of the question, and close the quotes. When Bobby Heenan told us about his neck injury and the pouring out of support from fans and well-wishers in the forms of cards and letters, he told us, it's a well-known fact that my mailman in Beverly Hills has developed a hunchback from carrying all my mail. But how would we quote this? We would quote it as follows. When Bobby Heenan told us about his neck injury and the pouring out of support from fans and well-wishers in the forms of cards and letters, he told us, comma, open quote, capital I for it's, a well-known fact that my mailman in Beverly Hills has developed a hunchback from carrying all my mail, period, close quotes. If we switch the formation of that sentence, we'd use a comma at the end of the quote, not a period. Open quote, capital I for it's, a well-known fact that my mailman in Beverly Hills has developed a hunchback from carrying all my mail, comma, close quotes, Bobby Heenan said. We use a comma in this instance because the sentence isn't finished. We still have the part that says Bobby Heenan said. In the first instance, we use the period at the end of the quote because it ended the quote, but also because it ended the sentence. In a nutshell, if the quote is in the middle of a sentence, use a comma at the end. If it's, if it's at the end of a sentence, use a period like you would to end any statement. And finally, in sticking with the brain, let's take a look at when to use an exclamation point in a quote. Bobby Heenan knew his team of Andre the Giant and Haku would retain their tag team titles at WrestleMania 6 against Demolition. We're gonna axe, axe, the brain shouted in her brother Love's microphone. We would write this quote as follows. Bobby Heenan shouted, comma, open quote, capital W for where, gonna axe, axe, exclamation point, close quote. Usually, if there's an exclamation point in the quote, we use an exclamatory verb to describe the quote. In this instance, we're saying the brain shouted. And with that, class, you're dismissed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the East End villain, Josh Ashcraft. And you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. All right, so welcome back to Can Crushers. Mark Martinez here, flying solo. You heard the English professor's stick. Uh, only four matches have been announced for Hell in the Cell. And I, I don't know what to expect. Are they going to start some of the draft? Is there going to be some craziness? I sure as shit hope all matches don't go an hour. Because some of them I really don't even care about. And one of them is Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan against Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. I can't imagine this match is going to end without a disqualification, a double count out. You know, there should, there's not going to be a winner, I don't think, in this match. Nor do I care. Next match up is, just going in order from Bleach Report, Becky Lynch against Sasha Banks. Guys, I've just told you my spoiler five, ten minutes ago, maybe 20 minutes ago, that Sasha wins tonight. Sasha wins tonight. She's your new Raw Women's Champion. She comes out tomorrow, celebrates great. Becky's nowhere to be found. Or Becky challenges Bailey for her SmackDown one on Friday. It's going to happen. Becky's going to get another title. Becky's going to get another title real quick. But Becky's going to be on SmackDown. Remember I told you that? And I'm alright with Sasha winning. I love Sasha. I love Bailey. I love the legit badass huggers. I'm fine with them. So, her getting a little rub and maybe bringing this all back around to Sasha against Bailey, which we want to see. 
because it's some of the greatest women wrestling from that takeover years ago now. Bring it back. We want it. We really want it. So that brings us to Bailey against Charlotte. I don't... If Charlotte wins, whatever. Fine. It'll be your 97th championship in eight years. Great. You're going to be better than your dad. Yay! You're WWE product. Yay! Whatever. I like her. Just don't shove her down our throats. So I hope Charlotte doesn't win. And I'm okay if Bailey loses to Becky Friday. Because it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen tonight. I don't think so. I really don't. I think Bailey keeps it. And there might be a little bit of a, a, a quarrel between uh, the legit badass huggers. And that's how Bailey loses it down the line. And then finally, you have The Fiend against Seth Rollins. I don't know if this is going to be a big surprise for you. Seth Rollins is also going to SmackDown. Yeah. And I'm okay with The Fiend winning. I would be okay. Maybe it's just a transitional title for now until somebody else bounces around. For the love of shit, Braun Strowman's got $1.6 million for whatever. Maybe he finally gets a chance to carry his legacy on. Who knows? But I think The Fiend gets it. I really do. Um, No garbage tip this week uh, is my brain is garbage, but... I do want to say thank you to our sponsor, Collar and Elbow. Hats, hoodies, tees, all your wrestling gear. It is great. It's comfortable. More on uh, new apparels coming out now. Head to collarandelbow.com and check it out. Uh, when you check out, type in Can Crushers for 10% off your order. Capital C A N, capital C R U S H E R S, Can Crushers. 10% off. Even if the stuff is being discounted or on sale, you will still get 10% off. And as transparent as we always are, you will kick some money back to our podcast. And we'll use it to buy beer or more uh, collar and elbow shirts. So they, it'll just be a, a continued, you know, rapid cycle of beer shirts, beer shirts. And that's what we're going to use it for. We like what we're doing here, we like being the voice. Don't expect us ever on YouTube. That's something uh, we thought we thought about for a while. It's not us. We like being the voice. We like carrying this mic up to wrestlers and saying, "Here, talking to this." It's the old school Lord Alfred Hayes mic that we have. You know when he had uh, Tuesday Night Titans or Prime Time or whatever the hell those old shows are. The English professor will correct me in the comments, so it doesn't really matter. Um. Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. We post a lot of stuff. Uh, you're going to see a great interview coming up this Wednesday. As spoiler, it is with B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees. You've seen some of the stuff that we leaked already about the Cauliflower Alley Club. Guys, look into that. We're going to become supporters of that real soon. Cauliflowerallyclub.org. The stuff that they're doing for wrestlers in need, uh, our past heroes, our future stars, is something that wrestlers listening to this, you should check into it. You should really check into it down the line. Uh, And if you need some connections, I can help you get in touch with B. Brian Blair. 
Uh, he's the president of it, and it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. You'll learn a lot about it on Wednesday during our spotlight with B. Brian Blair. So there's a buzz coming. Did you get the little hint we gave you the other day? There's a buzz. Uh, you can also send us an email at cancrushers69 at gmail.com. Uh, we've been getting some emails. Some are just saying, hey, you guys are idiots. Ha, 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 ha. We like those. Send them. Keep sending them. Do whatever you want. Also, check out our website at https colon backslash backslash cancrusher69.wixsite.com backslash cancrushers. Uh, we, we're sprucing stuff up. We're getting events on there. I haven't taken an event down that we were at last night. That's going to be something I do tomorrow. We need to get Cauliflower Alley Club up there as well as so we're supporters. Um and you can listen to us everywhere. Uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, iTunes, Google Podcasts. We put it on Facebook. You know, if you guys want to go to Buzzsprout and listen, there's a little money icon up there to uh, help support our cause to get more beer and collar and elbow shirts. No, uh, it, it, it does cost some money to put these on, folks. It really does. Uh, if you want to send us something, that would be amazing. I'm never going to say, man, if you if you don't get money to us, we're going to have to cancel the podcast. No, screw it. I'm a one-man band. I will continue to do this. You can't keep a good man down. I, I, I'm all about this. I live this life. I really do. You can Maybe we should have a spotlight with my wife sometime about what I've given up and what I am going to miss. And one of the things coming up here in the near future falls on our wedding anniversary weekend. Yeah, I'm that guy, but she's already given me praise. Go, just go. You drive me nuts. She gets a better wedding anniversary present with me not being around and then me going to wrestling. Her birthday is November 30th this year. No, it's always. Um, but I'm going to be in Winston-Salem at Wrestlecade. Get away from me. That's a better birthday present. She does love me, but she knows this is my passion. Can't Crushers has started because we talked wrestling. We talk wrestling. I live wrestling. And I want to continue. We want to be an outlet for the indie stars. Come on and be on Spotlight. This is what we want to do. We reach out to you. It's the people like OVW, IWC, Asylum Wrestling that have welcomed us and said, Mark, in your merry men, come on in. You want to do something? Here's Jimmy Nuts. Here's Britt Baker. Here's Ray Lynn. Here's Justin Smooth. Here's King's Ransom. Here's Eric Shea. It, you know, it, the list goes on. Throw Asylum in there as well. We love this. And now MCW's coming on. Here's Gia Scott. Dante's calling us. We're going to come on the show. We're getting legends. Guys, I do this for you. I do this because I want you to get our shitty opinions, but I want you guys to hear the legends and love the legends. But I also do this for me. You hear this during every interview. This is my spot in every interview. God rest her soul, my mother named me Mark because I am the biggest freaking Mark out there. Listening to Brian Blair yesterday at John's house when we recorded, I remembered him putting the masks on. I remembered this. I remember I, I was in my childhood again. 
And by the way, B. Brian Blair, I didn't tell you this. I need to send you a text. But if you hear this first, my mother loved you. She loved your curly little hair sticking out from underneath the mask. She thought you were gorgeous. So there. There. And don't forget the WrestlePost app. If you are in North Dakota and you're looking for Shayna Baszler's mom, check out the WrestlePost app. You'll find all the events out there and you'll find out what's going on. The WrestlePost app. Get it on your iPhone. Get it on your Android. Tells you wrestling. You can have other podcasts if you don't want to listen to us all the time. But we'll we'll tell you about the WrestlePost app more than anybody else. Because it's a great, great app. I have it all the time. Hey, this weekend, this weekend, October 12th, is the 10th anniversary IWC show in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Head to IWCWrestling.com. The card is now out. Um, it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, the downfall is we will not be there. We will be celebrating Paul's wedding. I was going to say birthday, but Paul's wedding. So, big weekend for Paul and Teresa as they're getting hitched. Uh, Paul probably will not be on next week's show as well as he'll be loaded. I also will probably be loaded, so hopefully hopefully it's a morning show next week. October 24th, the Wrestle Rex, The Rex Theater in Pittsburgh. La Parca, L.A. Park. Sam Adonis. Facade, Gangrel, all scheduled to be there. That's a Thursday night, folks, if you're looking at it. Uh, that weekend, October 26th, is Angel's Gate in McKeesport. Flying solo on this one. I'm excited about it. All women's matches all night. I can't wait for this. I really can't. Rebel's going to be there. See if we can uh, work something out with them. Opening another door. Opening something else. That's what it's all about. Uh, and then November 2nd, winner takes all. IWC's huge event of the year. As I said, Brian Cage announced to be there. Ethan Page announced to be there. Jackson Argos defending against Rhino. Along with so much more. Along with so much more. So, uh, a little bit of a... Shaky show today, but uh, we may do. We may do. You got all the wrestling. We may be shifting gears a little bit, but we're going to stay on Sundays. I like Sundays. I like being your kickoff right to your wrestling uh, pay-per-views if there's one. I know AEW is going to have them on Saturdays. I know that. Saturdays just don't work for us. They don't work for us. We got football on Fridays. We got this on Saturdays. If we go to an event, Saturdays are event nights. Sundays is when our show is going to be. So it's going to roll out all the time like that. So that's it. That's it I have to have. Listen, this Wednesday, pay attention. It'll be up about 4 or 5 o'clock. It's already in the docket, so I don't have to worry about anything. It'll be about 4 or 5 o'clock. You're going to hear the Can't Crush Your Spotlight with B. Brian Blair. Until then... I hope it's a good hell in the cell. But remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. Look at me and the can crushers. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Yeah.